Hi, and welcome to the G2 Podcast. Well, as I say, it's, a, it's really lovely to be invited to speak here. And I've been invited to speak about forgiveness. And we've got a, the parable of the unmerciful servant that, um, that um, Luke just talked about a little bit. Um, let's just, shall I just read this while it's up? This is from Matthew 18, beginning at verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owned him 10,000 bags of gold. In other words, a massive amount. It's kind of hyperbole sort of in the story. But it's kind of impossible to pay back. 10,000 bags of gold were brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. That's something that could be paid back. He grabbed him, began to choke him, Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell, on his, fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister, from your heart. When I was just typing up this talk, I like to write it out, um, I typed up forgiveness at G2. And, and then it struck me like it was a bit of a report, you know. How are you doing? Forgiveness at G2. What's it like? Individually? Corporately? Uh, have you got the idea of forgiveness? There's, we've been writing on the cards here, and some of those will be words that just have been sparked by that word forgiveness, or maybe sparked from Luke's story. Um, and it's, it's complex. Part of the reason we thought of doing the strings is because if, if one person is not forgiving, it's not just 
his own thing or her own thing, it affects other people all around. So it's not simple, this, this idea of forgiveness. It's, it's, it's complicated. And unless we kind of get that, we're not going to get what Jesus really wants us um, to find out. I had a, a vicar in my very formative Christian years, 40 or more years ago, and he had a couple of phrases. Um, and one of his phrases that I remember from 40 years ago was this, forgiveness opens doors, forgiveness breaks down barriers. And he would use that phrase in preaching. He would use it when he was counseling people. Because very often in counseling, there's some unforgiveness around. Very, very often. Uh, And so he would say, forgiveness opens doors. Forgiveness breaks down barriers. And he would help people in this journey of forgiveness. So, Safna, I want to say three things. And the first thing is God loves to forgive. We've, we've heard a little bit about that, and I'm going to share a little bit more. God loves to forgive. It's not actually in his DNA. He, it's not that he, he has to. He chooses to forgive. And then secondly, God helps you to forgive. God wants each of us to be forgiving. And God helps us. In that, And then finally, I'm going to say something about God blessing forgiveness. It's not really blessing forgiveness. It's blessing people who forgive. <laughs> but it's simpler. God blesses forgiveness. So let's just pray and ask God to help us as we think about this. So, Lord, I just release this time to you and pray that you would help us. Because it may be that there are some here who, who can't forgive for some situation. Uh, it may be that folk are hurting. It may, may be that we're sort of hitting against this uh, call to forgive. And I pray you'd help us to hear what you want to say to us. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So first of all, let's look at this. God loves to forgive. And in this parable, it starts, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So first of all, we see that God, uh, you know, will account, will will call us to account. Um, We will be judged. And as we kind of know, I'm going to remind you, that's a problem because none of us really would cope with that um, accounting. And the way Christianity is, is different from almost every other religion is this. Most other religions, in some form or other, will say that in your life, you're going to have to prove you're good enough. That can be on a sort of weighing scales or, or just doing good things. Um, almost every religion has that balance in order to meet God, who is, who is perfect. But, and, and most of them saying, you can do it by doing this. You can pray this number of times, you can do all this work, you can give money or whatever. Christianity says, 
yeah, you do need to be perfect to meet God, but you, you never, never be able to do that on your own. Which is a bit like Jesus in that parable is saying that that first sum is so big that the, the response will be, that's impossible. And really, that, that's, that's all of our situation. Whatever, however, Mother Teresa, whatever we are, we're, we're not good enough. And that's the starting point. And then um, God says, there's a way. Because God loves to forgive. The second servant could have paid back the money, but none of us could pay back uh, what God requires. But God loves to forgive. And as I said, it's a choice. It's undeserved. It's unearned. That, that story of the other Dave, there's a bit of you that, well, is it just me? I was thinking, gosh, he kind of got away with that a bit. But isn't that interesting? We, we make judgments into that. It's not just a simple story. There's those complexities. But for the, the grace that was shown to that bloke is completely undeserved. And our forgiveness from God is, is unmerited. It's a gift. It's called grace. And it's not cheap. It, it costs Jesus his death on the cross where all, all our sin and all our shame and all our uh, rebellion, selfish rebellion, Jesus invites us to put on him. It's just the most amazing thing. And in his death, he takes that and pays, pays the price. And it's a gift of love. It's his gift of God's love for you and me. And as someone said, when, when Jesus stretches his arms out on the cross, it's like he's saying, I love you this much. I love you this much. beautiful, endless love. There's an old hymn Catherine Kelly wrote, and the chorus goes like this. Oh, make me understand it. Help me to take it in. What it meant to thee, the Holy One, to bear away my sin. We need to sort of receive how much that cost him in order to understand grace. God loves to forgive, and that is the good news, that is the gospel. And in this parable, um, there is an expected response to that gift, that grace. God wants you to forgive and God helps you to forgive. That's, that's the expected response that Jesus is spelling out in this parable. Why should you forgive? Why should you forgive? The reason is because you have received forgiveness. Why forgive? Because I've received. That's the pattern in the Christian life. Uh, we receive in order to give. We receive the Holy Spirit in order that we have uh, the resources to give out. That's the pattern. We fill the tank in order that water can flow. And that's the way he's planned it. And 
some of these words, if you followed them up down the string, you might find that actually the word at the end is, is really encouraging. It, it's, it, it's, I put on mine hope. And it may be that through others you can find this hope uh, in others. But we are tested. I was cycling uh, up to Clifton along the road called Bootham. Uh, it's a bit like the Hull Road, and it's coming out of town. And a car was just going, it wasn't very fast, but a car was going past, and the window was down, and this bloke took a huge gob of spit, and he spat at me as he was passing. And it went all over my trousers and the pannier, and I was kind of, and I could hear him laughing. At first I thought, what? Has that happened? Did that happen? So I'm a bit shocked. And then I think, uh, a bit like Hull Road, there are um, traffic lights. And I've cycled this path, this road a lot, and I know that you catch up with cars <laughs> at the traffic lights. So I knew that it was pretty clear that I could catch up with them. I was thinking, oh, do I want to? And then I was, so I did catch up with him. And I came alongside him. And now what would you do? <laughs> You'd forgive him. <laughs> and I was thinking, what should I do? Anyway, I just, I just, it was a bit lame, I must say. But remember, I'm just, I haven't got long to think about it. I just said, that was not very nice, you know. And you, I knew that the bloke was a bit worried that I'd caught up with him. Do you know what I mean? And um, so, but he wasn't admitting it. Didn't say sorry or anything like that. I mean, it was a deliberate act. Anyway, he drove off and I went home. But I tell you something, it nagged me. It nagged me. I was thinking, I would have loved to have said something a bit cleverer. Or maybe taken bigger action. Maybe, what could I have? I could, could I have spat in the window myself? <laughs> or, or, or just held up some keys alongside of the car and say, drive off, mate. <laughs> and that's, so I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about it. What, 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 what could I have done? And here's the thing when you don't forgive, it stays with you and you're plotting revenge and somehow while you're doing that you're thinking I'm hurting that person I'm, I'm, I'm working up all these thoughts but you're not hurting the person when you're saying I will never forgive and people do say I'll never forgive they think that they're doing something to the one who's wronged them. Someone said that um, doing that sort of thing, working for revenge, is like drinking poison yourself and hoping that it's going to hurt the other person. No. But we do it. We hold on. Hold on to a grudge because we don't let, want to let them off. Why should I let them off? Forgiveness is difficult. Don't want them to get away with it. 
want them to be punished. But what you're doing is very little effect on the other person, but it still lives rent-free in your head. <laughs> it's there. Now, God wants us to forgive, and he wants to help us to forgive. And it's not easy because in life, there's tough things that happen. Everybody gets hurt. And sometimes it's much, much worse than just getting a little spit on you. This week, we've had the report of UK child abuse inquiry that's been published. And they've been listening to accounts of physical and mental and sexual and spiritual abuse. And they've recognized the horror of that and the pain of that and in some people the lifelong consequences of that, consequences of other people's evil. And God wants me to forgive? What? Some people here will, will have had awful things happen to you. Because, you know, we're a group of people and uh, it's painful. But one of the things, one of the reasons why God wants us to learn to forgive is the cycle. What I mean, hurting people hurt people. So these strings, again, if someone is refusing to forgive, they're hurting, and actually they very often hurt other people because they're hurting. And very often people who have been abused become abusers, and you think, what? How could that be? They're hurting people. So we need to break, God needs to break that cycle. Uh, there was a vicar in the news in 2006 uh, in July, uh, the July bombings in London. And um, her name was Julie Nicholson, and she lost her daughter, who was called Jenny, uh, in those bombings. He, she was killed. Uh, Julie was a vicar, and she said, I can't forgive. I can't forgive. And then she may have said, I won't forgive. And you hear that, don't you? You hear it. Now, at least she had the integrity to come out of ministry. She realized she couldn't share communion, which is all about forgiveness, being forgiven and the expectation of being forgiving others. And, um, but I was really saddened by that. I was thinking, oh, what, what does that say? We are a company of forgivers. And uh, it, was, it was sad. But the problem is, we don't know how we would have reacted to that. It's very easy to sort of criticize someone else, but if that happened to you, happened to me, we have to face that ourselves. And for most people, forgiveness is a journey. And when you've been really hurt very much, the first part of that journey is that um, you don't want to forgive. 
So the first part is, is agonizing and saying, Lord, if you want me to forgive, you've got to help me want to forgive. I don't even want to forgive. So maybe you just have to say, well, that's the first stage. And then the second stage is when you, when you want to forgive, but you don't know how, you say, Lord, you're going to have to help me forgive. Because I don't know how. It's, it's living in my head. But you're going to the one who's going to help you. And then maybe with others you can, you can pray a prayer. Another prayer this vicar taught us was this. Lord Jesus, in your name, I forgive. And then you name the person. And he would lead us in that prayer. Lord Jesus, in your name, I forgive. And sometimes that was it. But sometimes a day or two later, you're back in square one and you've got to go through the journey again. But we've got to go through the journey because Jesus says we should forgive. So it may be a journey, but we've got to get on that journey. Someone said, hatred corrodes the container it's carried in. That's you and me. If we hold on to hatred, it corrodes us. And Jesus wants to set you free from that corrosion. He wants to make you new, to heal, restore, release you. Forgiveness enables us to get rid of what corrodes us. And it's clear that Peter, in this account, had some notion that people should forgive. He, he, he's coming, saying, how many times should I forgive? And there were rabbinical discussions going on around that time, which basically said three times. Three times. Uh, and then that's all you need. After that, you don't have to forgive. That was the kind of discussion that was going around. So when Peter got up, he's doubling it and more. So he's getting up and he's, he's, he's thinking, whoa, seven times? And he's expecting Jesus to come back and say, Peter, no, no, no. That's far too generous, Peter. No, you're such a lovely person. Oh, you're, you're, you're better than me. And the shock is that Jesus says, no, we're not even counting here. The shocking answer is that we're called to forgive, full stop, no numbers. And that's, that's what love is. Um, uh, St. John says, we love because he first loved us. And Mother Teresa said this, if we really want to learn to love, we must first learn to forgive before anything else. If we really want to learn to love. So, God wants you to forgive. He wants to help you forgive. And the final thing I want to say is that God blesses forgiveness. He blesses you as you forgive. In other words, it's like an overflow in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes part, uh, which someone's called the Beautiful Attitudes, which is really lovely. And do we have beautiful attitudes? One of them is, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So there's that sort of dependency. There's a dependency 
as Luke pointed out in the Lord's Prayer, forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And we need to learn that forgiveness, forgiving those people. And we have to ask that they will find forgiveness for their sin. And let's not be coy about it. If we're talking about this whole business of vengeance and revenge, God says, vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. So we're, we're handing over into his just justice by forgiving. We're handing over into his just justice. God blesses for forgiveness. We see this on the world stage. South Africa, the peace and reconciliation forums that absolutely transformed that country. In Northern Ireland, same sort of thing happening. And in that Northern Ireland, there was this guy, Gordon Wilson, you may have heard that name. And he became, he, he was a shopkeeper, and he became involved in the peace process. How was that? Well, you may have known uh, Ennis Skellen. He, there was a, a, a Remembrance Day service in 1987, and the IRA blew up that occasion. And he landed on his face under rubble, and his daughter was just near him, Marie. And they managed to reach out and touch each other and, and speak to each other for about five minutes or so. And, um, but she didn't survive. She died. And pretty soon after that event, he was interviewed. And he refused to carry the hatred that corrodes. He refused to. You can read the whole statement online, but let me just read what it says at the end. I have lost my daughter, and we shall miss her. Earlier he talks a little bit more about her. But I bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. Dirty sort of talk is not going to bring her back to life. It's an amazing phrase, isn't it? Dirty sort of talk. What's he, he means by that all that corrosive stuff, the revenge, the hanging on. This is quite soon after the event. And yet he's able to, dirty sort of talk is not going to bring her back to life. I shall pray for those people, the bombers, tonight and every night. May God forgive them. Now, most extraordinary thing. But that event was blessed by God. He became, he met with the IRA, he met with the, the other fighting factions, and he, he, he was constantly saying, there's been no retaliation. And eventually, he, he had a, a big role in that. God blesses forgiveness, and he will bless you as you forgive. He'll bless me. I think it was Martin Luther who, who said, life is my seminary. In other words, he learns most about being a Christian 
by living day by day. Because all these things get thrown up at me and I've got to work out how do I respond? What is, what is my, how do I need God in this? Life is my seminary. Forgiveness opens doors. Forgiveness breaks down barriers. So, life is tough. Relationships are tough. Most, most of our forgiveness is about what someone did, what someone said to me. Most of it's about relationships. People are unreasonable, they're illogical, they're self-centered, they're abusive. So we have plenty of practice day by day. Rick Warren said this, God will never waste a hurt. As we get hurt, we, we're, all of us are hurt averse. We don't like to be hurt. But if we can come under God's grace, God will never waste a hurt because he'll use it. And you find you can work through that hurt. What do I mean? If you can find forgiveness, if you can find healing, if you can find a resolution in the most awful circumstance, you are uniquely equipped to help someone else who faces exactly what you faced. You can say there is hope. You can say I understand and you really do understand because you've been through it. You're uniquely in a position to minister. So God doesn't waste a hurt. He converts a hurt into something that can be used beautifully for others and for yourself. God loves to forgive. God helps you forgive. God blesses forgiveness. I'm going to ask the band to come up as I pray and then they'll take over in worship. But let's just pray together. So Lord, we thank you that you love to forgive and we, most of us here, have received that forgiveness and we know something about it. We know that there's more to receive. But thank you for that. And those who haven't found that, we pray, Lord, that you would help each one to really experience and receive God's forgiveness. And then you say, Lord, that you want us to forgive. And we pray, help us. Help us to uh, come to you and uh, and help us not to carry this corrosive stuff in our heads. Help us to catch a vision for being free and being released. And then, Lord, we, we thank you, we bless you, that you bless us as we forgive. And so we, we pray, we want to be a blessing, Lord. We, uh, but enable us to forgive. and We want to work for you. So we release ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen.